about our, our bold focus and how we can stay locked in on the things that are important to God. And so I got a question. We're getting started here. Who, who, who are you focused on? What are you focused on in life? Uh, Jesus told his followers as he walked down a country lane, he looked out at a wheat field and he said, look, look at that. Those fields right now, they're white unto harvest. And if you're not a farmer, that doesn't mean a lot to you. But the, the whiteness of the head of wheat meant it was time to harvest that wheat, to bring the crop in uh, so that there would be barns that were full, so that tables would have bread. And, and Jesus was basically saying, now is the time. And, and what he meant was not only then that moment, but moving forward, now is always the right time to look, to focus to see what God sees when God sees the world. Now, if you have a relationship with God, this, this is going to resonate with you today. If you'll just open up your heart. If you don't, our, our passion, our prayer is always that you will open your life, open your heart to Jesus Christ. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But number one in your notes there's a thought I want to get across to you as we talk about a bold focus here. Our relationship with God through Christ Jesus gives us a whole new focus. Without Christ in our life, we are inherently selfish, narcissistic. <laughs> we are selfish. We're kind of me-centric. It's about us. Now, you can break free from that uh, by just caring about others. But for the most part, all of us are inherently selfish. You never have to teach a two-year-old how to say, mine? Put them with five other kids. Put four toys amongst those five kids. And within seconds, you'll hear all five of those two-year-olds saying the word, mine. One might be bigger and stronger. Before you know it, he'll have all four of the toys. Mine. We are inherently selfish but our relationship with God through Christ gives us a new focus. God loves us. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And this is nothing new since the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve messed up. God didn't reject them. He came down and he said, I love you. And he wanted to have a relationship with them. Uh, so let's get started with our first verse. This is a verse we want to read together. Uh, it talks about our relationship with God through Christ. It's in Romans chapter 5, verse 11. I'd like you guys to read that verse with me, if you would. Would you do that? Join me right now. Romans 5, 11. Join. Let's read it out loud. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends. Maybe you've never seen that before. But you, because of Christ, can be a friend of God. That's a big deal. A lot of times we don't really focus in on that. We, we see friendship as a high value, but there is no greater friend than the relationship you have with Christ that makes possible a friendship with God. Uh, let's go ahead and read the next verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone 
is in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That means you have a new focus. You see the world differently. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Not only are all things new, but you represent Jesus Christ. And that is a result of the focus you have that God gives you because of your relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And so if you begin to see the world basically the way God sees it, you're going to start to realize that it will impact your behavior, how you see people, how you treat people. And and good things are going to start happening. Uh, But there's also something else you need to be aware of. Because if you take a bold focus through the looking lens of God's word, scripture, and how God sees things. In other words, when you go to the mall and you're walking down the middle of the mall and you see someone, you don't see someone whose pants are hanging down to their ankles, right? I mean, that kind of stands out, wouldn't you agree? You see someone who God loves, and it changes everything to see that your mission, my mission in life is that I am an ambassador for Christ and I am to love people as God loves them. But if you do get that, let me tell you something. Number two, our bold focus on those who need Jesus will be misunderstood. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it's a negative side, but many people don't understand why we are so focused on loving people who hate God. You know, if your first response in this culture of outrage we live in, which is fueled by social media, if your first response is to pile on more outrage, more hate, you're, you're not seeing the world the way God sees it. You know, I want to say something because it's, it's in the news now and a lot of people are asking questions, but the massacre that took place in the synagogue in Pittsburgh, the man who did it, the, the man who's filled with hate, whose social media presence has been unleashing a tirade of poison and hate toward the Jewish people for a long time, who finally he acted on it. If, if you see anything differently than what God sees, you don't have a bold focus that is directed by God. Listen, my heart is broken by this, but the man who is a hater is blind. He is without God because you cannot hate God's chosen people and love God. When you love God, you love the things God loves. And whether you like it or not, God even loves the haters. For God so loved the world. What did he he do? Join me. He gave his only begotten son. There you go. God loved, he gave. He gave grace. He gave salvation to those who would believe. 
And, and when I say our bold focus on those who need Jesus will be misunderstood, it's because it is much more natural and much easier to hate. You know, we're, we're talking about how Connect Church, our new church, is going to be known in, in the sign. <laughs> and frankly, what the sign says doesn't mean a thing if we don't reflect that in our hearts. So you're going to be hearing me talk in the coming weeks about what we aspire to be. But we aspire to be bold in our focus and to see the world as God sees it. We desire to love people who need Jesus. And we desire, when we say connect to community, that is a two-way street. We want to connect people to the community of the body of Christ, the local church, each other, because the Bible says we'll, we'll be known by our love for one another. And so we want to connect people to a family that loves them. I mean, let's admit it. This world is hard on us. It's hard on people. And so Connect Church would be a place of acceptance and love. But, but also, we want to connect our community, our church community of love, to the community around us, people who still need Jesus. And, and here's the hard part for me to say. This has a negative sound to it. But if we don't call it out for what it is, we can fall right into the same, really the same hole. And, and that is the hole of becoming inward and as a church, allowing our focus, to, our focus to stray away from people who need Jesus Christ. And we turn inward and we focus more on what we like and what we want. And church becomes a kind of a place where the pastors preach little sermonettes for the Christianettes and, and we go out feeling a little bit good about what happened that week when the truth is Scripture should help us deal with and grapple with our hurts and our problems and we should walk out feeling good but we should walk out feeling passionate in our vision because we know there are other people out there who don't know Jesus Christ. And so if you begin to live your life in a search mold, you're seeing the world the way Jesus sees it, the way God asked us to see, people are not going to always understand you because for them, church is this, this inward focus thing like a social club. I, I get it, you know, it makes it real. And this is the negative side. But, but uh, 12 years ago, I... I received quite a bit of hate mail uh, when I first arrived here in Akron because I started talking about what I knew was the church's original mission when it started, and that was to be outward. We want to be upward first in our focus. We want to worship God. But we then, as we love each other with that inward fo focus, we want to shift our focus very quickly to the fields that are white, ready to be harvested. And I started talking about the needs. And I, I had some crazy things happen, some hate mail with nobody signing their name. I had a woman actually came and, and offered because some people started taking me at my word and started inviting people. Most of them didn't look like the people who were here. And so 
I had a woman say, I don't mind those new people coming, but I'd like permission to meet them at the door and teach them how they're supposed to dress before they come to church. You can't make this stuff up. And I thanked her for her willingness to do that, but asked her to extend grace to those who maybe didn't dress by her dress code. Actually, that's another subject. <laughs> the way she dressed was not that awfully impressive. Uh, but the truth is, hear my heart when I say this. My heart, it was broken. Because I spent years dealing with people who didn't understand. So a bold focus for those who need Jesus will be misunderstood. I was misunderstood. I was called a compromiser. I was called someone who, you know, wanted to compromise with the world. One of the reasons I love John Hall so much, I said this at his funeral this last week, is because John understood that church should be a place where people who didn't grow up in church could come and hear the good news. And that's why we started this new service. Because we wanted to create a place where the music and, and the language you used, you, you didn't have to have a dictionary of fundamentalist verbiage, churchies. You didn't have to talk like the church lady to be able to talk to someone. And as a result, as a result, this service began. And as a result, I'm telling you going forward, as we become a new church, connect church, it, it is our passion to connect people to Christ. And even if people don't understand it, we have to be willing to do what God wants. There's another verse I want to show you here very quickly. Uh, I've got a couple of verses here. I want you to see from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, <gasps> even eating with them. The next verse tells us what the religious people said specifically about Jesus. He's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. Listen, if somebody calls you a friend of sinners, as far as God is concerned, that is a high compliment because Jesus Christ was a friend of sinners. So today I'm here to tell you, Connect Church will exist to connect people to Christ. That's our vision. That will be our bold focus. No matter what others may think about it or say about it, if we understand that's what God called us to do and that is our mission, then we'll be okay with whatever anyone says. Some will not like it. Some won't get it. I have one more vision I want to talk about for our new church. Number three, a bold Christ-like focus will prioritize the needs of the lost over the already found. Now think about that for a moment. Connect Church is not about the already convinced. We will prioritize the needs of those who need Jesus Christ. You say, Ed, is that right? Is that what we're supposed to do? Well, let's see what Jesus had to say. He told a story. The story goes like this. Matthew chapter 18. Okay. 
Matthew chapter 18, verses number 3 and 4. This is in your notes, okay? So Jesus told him this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? You see, number three is clear. A bold Christ-like focus will prioritize the needs of the lost over the already found. And we draw that from this story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 18, where he says, hey, go out and find the lost one. That's what we've been called to do. Leaving the already convinced to rescue the lost is our mission. That's what God has called us to do. And that's why we say connect church, connecting people to Christ. I, uh, I started pastoring when I was 24. And uh, I pastored for six years here in Ohio. And then God called me to go to a church in Florida, unknown to me at that time, uh, in, the, in the 80s. I was moving to the very epicenter, uh, almost like the quake line of an earthquake or the, the eye of a hurricane. I was moving to the epicenter of a, a health crisis, uh, an epidemic that, that our world did not know what to do with and we were hearing about it but what we were hearing it wasn't good information it wasn't it wasn't medically sound but the AIDS epidemic had exploded in Miami Dade County and Broward County in fact to this day Miami Dade and Broward County is number one and two in America for new HIV cases and so it became very real to me when I got a call from a woman in our church uh, who said she had been diagnosed with HIV. And really, we didn't know back then. We, we didn't know. There were so many wrong medical thoughts out there. There were people saying it was airborne. There were people saying it could be spread by just casual contact. And, and so when we went, when I went to the hospital to visit this dear sweet lady who was told that she had HIV and she was dying, she thought she had pneumonia. When I was told, I got there and I was met at the door because they had her in a area that was completely shut down. It was a quarantine. And for me to go in, I had to, to row robe up completely. I'd never had to do it. I mean, top hazmat suit, the whole thing, literally eyes covered, every inch of me covered. I went into a room. I got sterile. I, I put it on. And while I was there, of course, I'm talking to the people who are working there who are scared to death, scared for their life. They, they have no idea. Medicine has not figured out yet what all is going on. And I heard this and, I, and I, it still, it kind of rings in my ears. I, I don't think I'll ever get over this. 
Pastor Holland, thank you for coming today. This is a member of your church. Yes, it is. We found out later that she got it by way of a blood transfusion. But here's what she said that has stuck with me all these years. Pastor Ed, we can't get pastors to come and visit people in this ward. Many of them are refusing to do it. Just a few are doing it. And, and it took my breath away. In fact, frankly, it, it frightened me just a little bit more. I thought, what do they know that I don't know? And, and I, I really, I, if you know me, my closer friends know that I'm, I'm a borderline germaphobe. So you, you can imagine it was fear on steroids. This, this was like, like screaming at me. Ed, you're an idiot. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. But you know what? When I came back out, well, you'd pray. She had been told she was going to die. This, this is a, a dear, sweet, I'd, I'd share with you her name, but I haven't asked her family's permission to do this. And even back then, I was asked not to tell anybody else that she had AIDS because the disease was a, a gay disease. Unknown at the time that people giving blood were unintentionally giving it to others. But as I stood there after coming out, disrobing, getting all the stuff off, heading out, she said, Pastor Ed, would, would you mind if we gave you the names of some other people that are dying? Some of them may die today because frankly we can't get anybody else to go in and talk to them about their soul." And I stood there for a half a second. And I got to be honest and tell you, I thought there's a part of me that said, I'm a shepherd, not one of my sheep. I don't know if the risk is worth it. But I stepped back away from that for a moment. You know what kind of drove home to me? This verse I'm talking to you about today. This verse that says, Jesus was a friend of what? Sinners. And it hit me, God loved a straight sinner as much as he loved a gay sinner. And that someone dying of AIDS was no less loved by God. And I began making calls on people dying. And I believe many of them gave their life to Jesus Christ. And I'll see him in heaven someday. But you know what caused me to do it? A germaphobe who did not want to do it. I am scared spitless. It hit me. Jesus would have done it. It hit me. Jesus would not have refused to go. Because Jesus Christ is a friend of sinners. Jesus, friend of sinners, we have strayed so far away. We cut down people in your name, but the sword was never ours to swing. Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth's become so hard to see. The world is on their way to you, but they're tripping over me. 
Always looking around but never looking up I'm so double-minded A plank-eyed saint with dirty hands And a heart divided Oh, Jesus Friend of sinners Open our eyes to the world At the end of our pointing fingers Let our hearts be Led by mercy, help us reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, break our hearts for what breaks yours. What we're for, only what we're against When we judge the wounded What if we put down our signs Crossed over the lines And love like you did Oh, Jesus Friend of sinners Open our eyes to the world At the end of our pointing fingers Let our hearts be Led by mercy
If you know Jesus Christ in a personal way, on your worst day, the worst thing that can happen to you is you die and go to heaven. If you know Christ, you are called to tell other people that good news. I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. I'm going to do something I didn't even have in our schedule, but I I feel led to do this. Uh, Pastor Jay, would you come down front? Pastor Brian, if you're here, Mikey, would you come? Uh, Val, Carolyn, uh, Michelle, if you're here in the room, you come on down. Listen to me. We've talked about being bold in our focus. I, I don't know everyone here, so I, I have to tell you, I have to practice what I preach. That we're in this, we're in search of people who don't know Jesus, but it, it hit me when I was standing here. It's, it's quite possible that there's someone here today who doesn't know Jesus Christ in a personal way. You do not know for sure if you were to die, heaven would be your home. Maybe you've been baptized, maybe you've joined a church, maybe this is your first time in church. But if you were to die today, if you don't know that Jesus Christ lives in you and that you have invited him there and you have given him your life and you've confessed to him that you are a sinner. And maybe you're hearing for the first time that Jesus is a friend of sinners. He's not looking for perfect people because perfect people are people who can't become Christians because they're trying to do it on their own. All that Jesus asks us to do is to admit we can't do it on our own. That we are sinners and we need him in our life. I'm going to ask you to bow with me quietly here. Real quietly. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you want to know him, there are people waiting. We're not going to sing. We're not going to have a closing song. But I am going to invite you where you're standing right now. Nobody will mind if you work your way out of that aisle. You come down front here and take one of these amazing people by the hand. They will take God's word and they will show you the scripture and how it makes it clear that you can call upon Jesus, invite him into your life and have your eternity sealed and set. You can be forgiven of anything and everything you've done. Maybe you will wait till after I pray and we're kind of working our way out of here. I'm asking this group to stay down here in the front for a while after I pray. And if you want to know Jesus, you come. But for the rest of us, here it is. When I ask you the question, are you a friend of sinners? You ought to be able to immediately think of someone that you've built a relationship with who you pray for every day, that they will discover who Jesus is. And you are living in pursuit of an opportunity to tell them the good news. And so in your notes, I put a place for you to write down the name of someone. And if you don't have anyone to write down, that means you're not living your life focused on people who need Jesus. And so the question is really simple. Who is the focus of your prayers and your friendship as you seek to connect them to Christ and to his community and and to purpose for living? Every one of us should be praying for someone. 
If you're not, maybe it makes you uncomfortable that I'm challenging you like this. But that's what being a Christian is all about, loving God enough to love people. So if you don't have a name to write in that blank on your notes, I want you to whisper a prayer. If you are a Christian, pray and ask God to put someone in your life and then promise God you'll pray for them every day and begin that today and write their name down. If you don't even know who they are, ask for God to lead you to them. Lord, we pray right now in Jesus' name. First and foremost, if there's anyone here today who does not know that if they were to die, they'd go to heaven, I pray you'd give them the courage to come forward Speak to one of our, our team down here and, and just take them by the hand and say, I want to know how to be saved. I want to be a Christian. Or give them the courage to do that. Help them to be willing to look to you, Jesus. Help them to stop trusting good works or trusting religious things, but trust you alone. Lord, for the rest of us who know you, help us not to be distracted. Help our focus to be crystal clear on why you saved us and what you left us to do. So I pray the lines on those notes would be filled in, that you would lead us to people who you love. No matter who they are or what they've done, help us to be friends of sinners. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All God's people said. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.